Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message.
Is it the, I think we, it this was is not 10 the, minutes um, before the, the right one. Can we find the right one? Are we, are we on track? Put our hands together for our technical team. They're, they're trying. <laughs> okay. But well, this was also a powerful one. Do you remember this one? Yeah, the, the shooting. You see, the Bible says that the horse is ever prepared for battle, but safety is of the Lord. Hallelujah. Always prepare. Don't worry. Just prepare. But remember that the ultimate safety is of God. Hallelujah. Wonderful. And we also have a testimony from our sister Margaret Delali Odum. Oh, put your hands for, together for Margaret. 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 <laughs> well, I'll give it up for her as she comes up stage. Do it better for her. Margaret, what has God done for you? Um, I want to thank God for saving my life and okay. saving me from death. So, God saved you from what? Death. Death. Tell us how did it happen? So um, two weeks ago, Sunday after church service, in the evening, um, I bought an Uber. I was going home, but when I got, usually I use the, the Wisconsin Road, North Legon Agoba, but then that day I decided to use um, the North Legon Hospital because I thought there would be traffic on the Wisconsin Road. But then when I got to Atomic Junction, I just heard a very still, calm voice saying I should use the KFC Agoba Road. But then I ignored it because I know that usually around that time there will be massive traffic. So I disobeyed and I took the, Wisconsin, the North Legon Hospital route. Then again, when I got to ENS Junction, the voice came again that I should use the ENS route. But I, I just ignored it. I was like, no, this one, I'm going to get stuck in the massive traffic. Then I went ahead and used the North Legon Hospital route. Now when we got to um, Zongo Junction, the driver was going to negotiate a curve. As he was about to negotiate a curve, I, 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 was, I sat beside the, the driver, the passenger seat, and I saw a motor rider at top speed coming right at us. And you know, usually when you're driving and someone's about to cross you, you try to change lanes or veer off the road, but nothing. It was as if he was targeted at us. And he came and crashed into the side of the car where I was seated. Yes. And then, because I was not in a seatbelt, my head hit the door and bounced back to hit the gearbox. So I was out for like five minutes, I was unconscious. So like, when I woke up, I had people, people thought I had died. 
They thought you were dead. They thought I was dead. And then they were like, oh, she's alive, she's alive, she's alive. And I woke up and the pool of blood, like I was oozing from, uh, blood was oozing from my side, this side of the head. So I had a serious cut here. So when, when I woke up, I thought, they said actually they would take me to the hospital, but I said, no, I, I want to go home. But then the motor rider, he was in a protective gear. He was in a helmet and everything. He was on the floor, like flat on the floor. So I went home with the blood and everything. When I got home, and the Uber driver called me, and he was like, unfortunately, the driver didn't make it. The Uber, uh, the, the Uber driver called you? Yeah, to tell me that the motor rider didn't make it. Yes. And, and at that time, I remember during the porch and, uh, between the porch and the altar, the last day, um, when the, uh, daddy was giving the closing prayer, I remember he said that none of us would be brought in um, dead. And also, any rider on, on, a, on a motorbike or anything aimed at us. He said any rider. Any rider on a motorbike or anything aimed at, aimed at us will meet his own death. So I was so surprised when they called me to say he rather he was in a protective gear, everything, helmet. He died on the spot. Like, he, he, he died. But I survived, and I just want to thank God. For, oh, somebody, why don't you give the Lord a shout of praise? Why don't you give the Lord a shout of praise? Let's celebrate the goodness of God. A thousand shall fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand. They will not come nigh you. Only with your eyes will you see the reward of the wicked. God has preserved her life. We would have been attending her funeral. You know, the people thought she was dead. But she said she heard these words in church. You will not be brought in B-I-D. You will not be brought in dead. And her life has been preserved. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. May God preserve your life too. Wow. Put your hands together for a powerful testimony. How precise was that? Hallelujah. Yeah, that, you know, a rider will run into your car and the rider will rather die and you will survive. What a blessing. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. And as we always say that safety is of the Lord. Hallelujah. And there's one prayer that Jesus taught us how to pray. He says that deliver us what? From evil. You never know when evil will be coming your way. Hallelujah. And we should always trust in God. Not in our airbags, nor ABS brakes, nor what else? Whether you fly first class, second class, whatever. Just believe God to deliver you. Hallelujah. And I believe that all of us under this commission, this also applies to us. You will not die in an accident. In Jesus' name. Well, we have a creative arts performance for today. Are they ready? No. Okay, let's pray over the offerings and, and then we'll be... Uh... Ashes are looking sharp and wonderful today. What do you think? Yeah, they are doing an amazing job. God bless you for all you do for us. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these wonderful offerings your children have brought to you. We ask that you bless us, sanctified for your use in Jesus' name. I pray that, Lord, they are, they, whoever gave money today, Lord, you multiply them according to your promise in the word of God. And those who don't have anything to give, Father, remember them. May you bless them. May they have more than enough to honor you. I pray for also for our ashes. May you bless them for the work they do, for their selfless service to your body of Christ. Remember them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Put your hands together for them. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Are you ready to, for the word of God? Well, why don't you be on your feet and welcome a man who needs no introduction in this place. Put your hands together for Reverend Osei. Amen. You are good. You are good. You are good. You are good. Yes, Lord. You are 
my testimony. It's the Lord God. It's God is good. Sing it. I was once young, but now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken on his seed, begging bread. There are times I've been to the valley. There are times I've been to this mountain. But read all, I testify that you are good. I once was young, I once was young, but now I'm old. I've never seen That's what you are saying. Forsaken on his seed, begging bread. There are times time I have faced mountain, but through it all, I testify that you are good. You are good. You are good. You are good. Oh, you are good. You are good. That's my testimony. I say, God, you are good. You are good. Yes, Lord, you are good. That's my testimony. Tell your neighbor, God is good. Satan is bad. God is good. Tell your neighbor, Satan wants to kill you. God will deliver you. Say, Satan kills. God blesses. Satan kills. But God blesses. Say, God is going to bless you. Hallelujah! No, God is good. Yeah. I'm telling you. Look. You have to see. There are some facts you have to know in life. That the devil is a killer. See? It doesn't matter from the killing comes to the devil. Whether the killing comes by terrorism. Whether it comes by accident. Whether it comes by sickness when it comes by fire at the end of the day the one behind the killing is the devil the Bible says he's a murderer from the beginning he's a murderer hallelujah Amen. if Satan gets you he will kill you that's his nature but thank God that God is a deliverer Amen. God is a deliverer Amen. God is a protector Amen. and God blesses you Amen. wow God is good. I say God is good. I say God is good. Listen to me, church. I'm telling you. If God be for you. I say if God be for you. I say if God be for you. I say if God be for you. May God be on your side. I say may God be on your side. May God be on your side. That's your testimony. So the prophet is wild, though. I mean, I don't know how accurate a prophecy can be that a motor rider. This is infrared accuracy. And the same prophecy is descending on all of us. Amen. No, God, is, God will keep you. Amen. I said, God will keep you. Amen. God will keep you. Amen. It's amazing. Yesterday I was just talking to Bishop, you know, from time to time we chat. You know, I have the privilege of talking to him from time to time, so we talk. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday, yesterday, yesterday we were just talking, you know. 
Because one of our classmates have been made an ambassador, so we're just talking. People are talking big posting Ghana or so. So we're talking. Then he said, I, I was saying something about something, you know. Then he said, listen, no, the devil is a killer. Just get it at the back of your mind. That Satan is a killer. He's a murderer. That's his nature. So it doesn't matter which form the death comes. He's still behind it. He you know, just entered my... He said, look, it's a, Satan's nature is to kill. So it doesn't matter which, whether it's by accident, by cancer, but it is his nature. His nature is to kill. Then he said, that's why he said the scripture that... Is, then he told me that, the Bible said that the enemy will come like a flood. But God said, I will raise a standard. See, I had a private conversation with the prophet himself. He said, the devil said, it will come like a flood. But I will raise a standard. So anything that you use to prevent death, either by medicine, by counsel, by advice, is from God to raise a standard against the devil. That's what some of my friends say. Go and do a lab test. Go and take a medication. It's like, because the, the one who is killing you is the devil. So anything that will prevent you from dying is God's standard, whether by counsel, whether by medicine, whether by prayer, whether by anything. It is a standard from God so that the devil will not kill you. Amen. And Satan cannot kill you. Well, Satan cannot kill you. Amen. So even if I, I tell you, go and change your ties and, and make sure that your car is in good condition, that advice so that you don't have an accident is a standard and it's from God. Amen. Yeah, that's what he told me. He said, Satan, so that's what he said. Huh? It's not, it's not, so, so, so there's not just pouring oil but maybe an advice that change your ties take it seriously because Satan will elim- it doesn't matter how his aim is to eliminate you and then he's told that look the Bible says he was a murderer from the beginning that's his profession so whether he kills you by shooting so sometimes even an advice from a pastor, a prophet, look, maybe change where you are staying. It's a standard. Maybe take, go and check your blood pressure. <coughs> he was telling, he said, look, maybe an advice to check, check your blood pressure. Because when you die, even you know, when you die from blood pressure, it doesn't mean it's not from the devil. That's what I'm saying. I heard what I'm saying. If you die from diabetes, that woman is not from the devil. It doesn't matter how he kills you, he just wants to kill you. Or die, be die. So that scripture, he comes like a flood. But I will raise a standard. It means anything that prevents you from dying, it is God's intervention. Yeah. You will live and you will not die. Amen. As for living, you will live and you will not die. Amen. And not only will you, you will live well. Amen. I said you will live well. Amen. I said you will live well. Amen. I take it. You will live well. Amen. I said you will live well. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Please take your seat. He's good. Yeah. Those are much more privileges. You know, we talk from time to time. Yeah. Hallelujah. 
Ya. Scripture for the day. <laughs> I don't know if we can memorize this one, but we'll try. All right. We're still talking about God bearing fruits. Hallelujah. And um, like I said last week, there are reasons why we don't bear fruits. Hallelujah. Do you remember? In Peter, it says, why? Reason number one, why do you bear fruits? You are blind. You are what? You are what? You are what? Blind, we can't see. Number two? Short-sighted, we can't see far. Number three? Number three is what? You've forgotten. We forget. We forget that we were somewhere some time ago. And I want to go by that point again. You see, your impatience or your intolerance also reflects how you are forgotten. Actually, reflection of how you are forgotten. Because you are forgotten quickly, that's why you are so impatient. Your unforgiveness is a sign that you are forgotten. You are forgotten. Your judgmental attitude is a sign that you are forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sign that you are forgotten. That is why it is good to take pictures. Always good to take pictures. So that as you come on top from time to time, you look. We can refer you to where you are coming from. You're forgotten. So taking pictures is always a good thing. That's why God, God always told them, build a memorial. Build a memorial. Build a memorial. You see, a memorial. God always said, build a memorial. Because you see, without that, you can easily forget. Yeah. You can easily forget. So always build a memorial. Yeah. It's good to have the picture of your first car. You must always have a picture of it. Are you hearing me? So that you can remember. It's good to have a picture of your first apartment. Yeah, and the chairs in it. What, what it looks like. It is good to have a wedding picture. When you got married. How you were looking. How you thought you were cute. Or even before you got married, it's good to get a picture of it. Pictures are good. Yeah. Memory. Memorial. See, you are forgotten. A lot of us, we are judgmental because we are forgotten. You see, and also... When you remember, you understand that, you see, it will give you the right perspective. That things takes time to happen. So don't compare your 15-year-old Christianity to somebody's 2-year-old Christianity. Give, just as you were giving time, give the person also time. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Bishop Richard in London always told, tell the story. And it's a true story. Bishop Richard, 
What's the other story? See, he had a lady pastor in the London church. Preaching, one day she was preaching fiery with her hat, her cross, no lady pastors, but her hat, her cross, her long skirt, almost here. Listen! The Bible says your body is the temple, it's the temple of God. And anyone who defies the temple, him God will destroy. You cannot be sleeping around. You cannot be fornicating. It is evil. You're a Christian. You have to walk the walk. You have to walk the talk. I mean, I mean, you, Bible says without holiness, no man can see God. With her left finger. Then suddenly, Bishop Richard, I didn't see it. Suddenly, they walk through the, you know, their church, London church is like this. Then somebody walks through the back of the door. And lo and behold, her former boyfriend. <laughs> I was with Richard's story. Suddenly, you know, but God is merciful. <laughs> God is merciful. The Bible says we all make many mistakes. He's the God of a second chance. <laughs> she had forgotten. I said she had forgotten. Until. Uh, until something came through the door to bring her memory back. A memorial. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look, to be a good soul winner, you must always remember. Hallelujah. And know that, look, we are all saved by the blood. Amen. So, that is where I took us to. Number four, reasons why we don't have fruit. Let's go to the book of Mark, chapter 4. Mark, chapter 4, verse 14. Mark 4, 14. The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and take away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they, likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no roots in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. 18. And these are they, which are sown among thoughts, such as hear the word. And this world. And the deceitfulness of riches. And the lust of other things entering in. Shook the word. And they become unfruitful. The curse of the world. Deceitfulness of riches. Curse of the world. Go back. Curse of the world. Deceivers of riches, the last of things, entering in, shock. So another reason why we don't bear fruit or we are not fruitful is because of the cares of the world. Not the sins of the world. Not the sins of the world. It says, the word is, the sower wants to show the word. Look, let me tell you something. As for the word, it is always pure. 
whether it will bear fruit or, or not, it depends on you. The problem has not been with the seed. It has always been with the ground. Church, are you hearing me? As are you hearing me? Yeah. The problem has always been. The problem has not been. It's, it's not the preaching. Because every time you come to church, the same word that is preached, somebody get blessed, you don't get blessed. That's true. Same word. So at the end of the day, it is the ground. Not the sower. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? I can even digress a little bit. I had tedious praise. Look, there's a verse that's a, and you shall receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. It's in Peter. Say, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Receive with meekness the engrafted word. You see, engrafted word. Engrafted word. Engrafted word. Which is able. So the word that is able to save you, the word that is able to de- deliver you, is the word that is grafted to you. Hmm. And I'll explain. You see? The, you see? Show me the Peter. Show me, show, show me that scripture. It said, receive with meekness. The engrafted in Peter. The engrafted word. Which is able. Okay? Which is, we come back to the show me. Which is able. So the word that can save you is called the engrafted word. Not the word. Oh, why can't you find it, brother? Yeah, James, right? Yeah. Quickly. Engrafted word. It means if the word does not graft, it can't save you. Oh, brother. James. 21. Wherefore? Aha. Uh-huh. Wherefore, lay apart all fitness and superfluity of nothingness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able. So the word that can save your soul is the word that is engrafted. Explain. It means the word that is transplanted to you and if you know medicine, as students are lost. If you know science, there's something called transplant. Kidney transplant. Lung transplant. Brain transplant. And in the transplant process, they take one organ and it's given to you. And, 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 the, and the, the, the transplant that can save you is the one that your body can receive. So in the transplant process, a lot depends on the, the receiver. That is why they put you on immunosuppressants. So you have to suppress your immune reaction, your immune system, so they don't react and uh, they don't react and reject the word. So they suppress your immune system so that the organ that is coming can be planted to your body so it can be saved. Because you can be given an, a liver, but you can reject it. So the problem is not the liver that is being given, but your immune system. So engraft word word means that it is not the word. But you have to humble yourself. You have to, you have to take immunotherapy, humility, lay away superfluity of nothingness, argument, and lower yourself so that the weather can, can plant on you and benefit you. That's what it means. The engrafted word. It means that our students are lost. You see, every time they do a transplant, because your body can reject it, 
they put you on immunosuppressants to lower your immune system. Because the, the organ that is coming is an antigen and you can react to it. So they have to lower your immune system. So that when your immune system is down, so that it cannot react, then you, you are giving the organ. Do you understand? Because even though it's a good organ, your body can throw it away. Because it's foreign. That is why the Bible says that the, the word that can save you is the engrafted. So it's the same grafting process. The word of God that can save you is the word that you receive with humility. You lower your immune system down. You lower your pride, your argument, your stress, and then receive it quietly so that it can save you. Engrafted word. Hallelujah. So it's not that... So, so it, it always depends on the, the host. The recipient, not the donor. Yeah. Church, are you hearing me? So back to the scripture. He says, the soul, so the problem has never been with the word. It has always been, back to, back to, back to Mark. It has always been the recipient. Amen. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Yeah. And here, here, he's saying that the word was good. But it, it didn't become fruitful. Because of the curse. Not the sins of this world. The curse. Hallelujah. The everyday curse. It, what, what God is telling us that to become a fruitful Christian, to become a fruit-bearing Christian, a useful Christian, you must be able to overlook your everyday case. Oh, yeah. Case of this world. It means for you to be a fruitful Christian, you must... You see, and I am saying this to us because a lot of us are unfruitful. We are not producing much fruit. Not because we are sinners. We don't smoke. We don't sin. We don't lie. We love God. But the curse. Not the sins. The curse of this world. The curse. The regular curse of this world. I'm talking about the bills. Those are curse. The bills. The. What are, what are, the, what are your regular curse? You tell me. What are your regular curse? Marriage, when to marry? Your job. What are the regular cases? The things that keeps you going every day. Your children, your job, your bills, your, your school, your fees. These are normal things. Your husband. The reason why you cannot come for rehearsal, the reason why you can't go for outreach, is not because you don't like it, but the job. The job. It's not that you hate. You're not a devil. You're a good Christian. It's the job. It's the marriage. It's the husband. The husband is stressing you out. It's the wife. Not that you, you, not that you don't want to become a prayer warrior. But the way the wife is worrying, when you start to pray, cry, you can't pray. <laughs> I'm preaching. Forgive us, wife. The children, 
their children, the homework, their children. The case of this world. The reason why you have stopped coming to church or rehearsal is because of the children. My children, remember my children, my children, my children. Maybe terms of your children are a blessing, not a curse. And God did not bless you so you can stay away from him. Father Abraham once told me, he said, Reverend, I have a problem. I said, Father, what's the problem? He said, I'm sorry, I don't, Reverend, I don't know how to pray. Father, he told me before he passed away. He said, what? He said, Father, I struggle to, I don't know how to pray for my church members. I said, Father, why? He said, Reverend, when they don't have a job, they are always in church. Then I pray for them to get a job, then I don't see them. So now I don't know. <laughs> so now I don't even know how to pray for them. Because they say they didn't need a job, then I pray. Then they get a job. Then I said, why don't you come to church? The job. It's like, now I don't even know how to pray for them. You see, but God did not bless you for you to stay away from his house. I, no, 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 no. You see, the curse of the world, everybody has curse. And, and if, you, if you are mindful of your curse, if you don't remember any message, remind me, if you are mindful of your curse, you cannot serve God. Because that's what case. Everybody has case. Everybody. Everybody. And some of us have a way of magnifying our problems. As if you are the only one who has a problem. Listen to me. Nowhere cool, okay? Nowhere cool. <laughs> and why some people act like they are the only one with a problem? I mean, I know one lady, one reason. I mean, she comes to the church. She holds her child like an egg. One child, nobody can. He cannot go to Sunday school. She cannot, they, 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 I said, look. You hold the child like some egg. Be that will die. No. Your child is no different from any other child. Are you hearing me? So, you see, by the case... And some of us, we, you see, you magnify the case. That's why I said, take no thought. Take no thought of what you eat or what you drink. For the morrow, sufficient of the day is the evil thereof. For the morrow shall take care of itself. You see, the father, you magnify a problem that's not mean to go away. I'm teaching us. Stop magnifying the problem. Like Apostle Joe said, Apostle Joe said, sometimes one Apostle Joe had a lot of wisdom. We're having some discussion about an issue. He said, No, so don't call him. And I said, Why? He said, Look, anything you feed into it grows. So I call the person and you are feeding into it. Say, Ignore him. When you, when you cut off the supply, it dies. Don't, don't feed into it. Don't feed into it. It, it dies. Some of us have to learn not to feed into the problem. Because you feed into it, it grows. It gets roots. Ashes come. Just ignore it. One day it will die. Amen. Because you feed into it too much. You magnify the problem. You lift it up too much. The case. The case. I do remember one time we were traveling to Ghana. We got to Accra. I think I've told this story before. And when we got there, as usual, 
God, God, sometimes the luggage doesn't come on time. So, and, and, and it's only one, I think now it's two. It was only one conveyor belt. So all of us were standing there waiting for our luggage. Okay. Then this guy, nearby us. Oh, me alone. My luggage is missing. Oh, once again. The luggage is coming. It was delayed. You know how it comes and then it's a pause. Typical. Anywhere about six or seven people whose luggage haven't come. I don't know what is problem with me. Everywhere I go, there's a problem. Even here, my luggage is not coming. Hello, me alone. Me alone. Everybody's every, everybody long luggage. Like, six of us are standing there. Why do you say everybody? <laughs> I mean, six of us are still standing there. I don't know. I don't know. Me alone. Me alone. Me alone. Anywhere I'm coming home. Look at my luggage is missing. <laughs> I was watching. I, I feel like smacking the guy. <laughs> there were about seven or eight. I, I was like, Then as we stood there, eventually, you know how they, they said break them? Another batch begins. They said, I swear he's luggage. You see, so it's like you have a tendency of magnifying your problem. Yes. Let me tell you something. The curse of this world, they will choke you. Hallelujah. Somebody hear me? I say, are you hearing me? Yeah. So if you are waiting for all your needs met, or you are waiting for all your problems to solve before you serve God, you will never serve God. Then you wait till this eternity. Look, the Bible says in the New Jerusalem, in the New Jerusalem, there will be no crying. There will be no weeping. But that's in the New Jerusalem. Not here. Here? From time to time, there will be crying. <laughs> from time to time they will be weeping so if you are waiting for a trouble free life what we, then, then and get to the new Jerusalem <laughs> yeah. hallelujah and, and, and the sad part is that you see, the sad part which is even sad is that most of us remember, most of us have our basic metal that's the sad part. Most of us have our basic needs met. It's the small one that we don't have that we magnify. Take a look at your life. The Bible says, having food and raiment, having food and raiment, let us therefore be content. Having food and raiment. I, I mean, I can say by the grace of God, most of us here don't struggle to eat. If any of you are overeating, I'm going to remember Patrick. <laughs> he has words in his mouth. He said, if any of your problem is overeating, <laughs> not the reverse. Yes. No. Have food, clothing. Most of the us here have enough clothes. Most of us have enough clothes. The problem is that we are ungrateful. You know, one of the things I find very ungrateful, you see a woman standing in the closet, a lot of clothes, I can't find anything to wear. You can't find anything to wear. Ah! 
brothers in the church? How many brothers? How many men know what I'm talking about? I said, how many brothers? You are standing about 12 shoes. Dresses like... 100%. And you begin to wonder how you are standing here. Joe, huh? I'm standing here. There are about 12 shoes here. 12 shoes here. Dress here. This is, and you are, you are uh, on the... On the the cross at the top. <laughs> Where? On the top of the closet, the drawer, some are in, uh, some are in um, um, boxes, cylinder boxes, and you are standing there, you are turning around, and you are delaying everybody. Why? I can't find anything to wear. How ungrateful can you be? <laughs> I'm preaching. I mean, how ungrateful you can't find anything to wear. You're standing here making everybody late. <laughs> Wait, you have Chinese, Japanese, Brazilian, African. One time, you, uh, on, on some days, you look Chinese, you look Brazilian. You can't find anything to wear. Please, just wear something so we can go. <laughs> wear something so we can go. I'm preaching. William, I'm preaching. Good word, right? Brother say good word. <laughs> William say good word, good word. Good word. Can't find anything to wear. Some some. <laughs> He says it's not only the women, even some men are like that. Oh, but that's true. Because I, I know I know one of my members. The wife always says that the husband is the one who makes them late. Even the children say, say it's daddy, or it's not it's not mommy, it's daddy. That even the children tell Rev, it's daddy, it's not mommy, it's daddy. And that brother, when he comes to church, you can understand. <laughs> When you see me in church, you know that what you know what the children said. It's daddy. Yeah. Ungrateful. We have, look. M- m- all of us, if you have to look carefully, you have more than enough. At least your basic needs are met. God has been good. I say God has been good. I say God has been good. So why do you focus on the little that you have and it chokes you? Sometimes, sometimes, if you, if, if you ask yourself sometimes how much you eat in a day. Yeah. And you know. It was, it, was, it was one time I was in the hospital. I was going to eat in the cafeteria. Then I met a friend who's a radiologist. He's a Ghanaian guy. So when we bought our food, we're eating. That's what, you see, sometimes, then he made a pastor comment. You look at the price of the food. He said, have you seen? For all that we are earning in the day, this is only how we are eating. That's what the guy told me. We are buying food, we are eating in the cafeteria. He said, Dr. Sabisin, for all that we are earning in the day, the most important, which is our body, our food, this is how much we are eating. Small. So what was trying to say that what you really need in life is very small. 
to live. The real estate is very small. So if God has blessed us, we should not be ungrateful. And let the curse of this world choke us from serving him. He yeah. said, make sure you're fruitful. Because let me tell you something, at any point in time, there's something you don't, you don't have. And it will never go away. At any point in time, there is something you don't have. Are you hearing me? Not something you don't need. Something you don't have. As for your needs, look, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. God provides your wants, not your needs. Not your excesses. I shall not want. It means if you really need it, God will provide. Yeah. I shall not want. But some of us, what we are demanding is not want. It's not even a need. It's a desire. But he said, I shall not want. But we put it's unnecessary desires. Yeah. 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 Hallelujah. I shall not want. It means that, you see, this scripture means that if I need it, God will provide. If I don't, if I don't have it, I don't need it. That's what it means. It means if I don't have it, so long as God is my shepherd, if I don't have it, if I need it, that's what it means. Hallelujah. Yeah. I'm glad I had this in the church. Standing in the closet. We are even tripping about clothes. Boxes. Some of the boxes have not been opened. Shoe boxes not open. And you say you don't have a shoe to wear. Why don't you open them? Just open them and put your feet so we can go. <laughs> I'm telling him. It doesn't match, indeed. It doesn't don't 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 start me off. Don't start me off. Just don't start me off. It doesn't match, indeed. Don't bring yourself. And that's the problem. Blue. And uh, I have a blue shoe, but the skirt is uh, no, no yellow. I have, a, I have a navy blue shoe, but the skirt is turquoise blue. So I must. Uh, let me continue preaching. It doesn't match. Don't even start that. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Listen. The curse of this world. And there will always be curse in this world. It's a question of how you approach it. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. If you have to look carefully, God has been, God has been good. I say God has been good. I say God has been good. God has been faithful. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Amen. Another cause of not bearing fruit. It's what I'll call distractions. Distractions. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. 
First Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Distractions. Things that distract us. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Be on course. Steadfast means be on course. Be on course. Steadfast means be on course. Unmovable. Be on course. Steadfast. A lot of us are not fruitful because we are never on course. A lot of things distract us. Be steadfast. Unmovable. Focus. Focus on your salvation. Focus on what God saved you. Focus on why you are in church. Be steadfast. Be steadfast. Unmovable. Be steadfast. Focus. Focus on your salvation. Be steadfast. Too many things move you. He says something about me. I'm annoyed. He didn't say something. I'm annoyed. When he was preaching, he was standing by my seat. I don't like it. Steadfast. You see, it's a term used in marine. Steadfast, uh, it's on a steadfast course. It means, do you know there are waves? The ship is anchored in a particular direction. Steadfast does not mean that it will not be. See, it's, it's, it's a marine term. It means that in spite of the buffering waves, stay on course. Because in your work with God, there will be buffering waves. Be steadfast. Unmovable. Always abounding. Not sometimes. In the, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For your labor your labor, knowing this man, that your labor is not in vain. Your labor is not in vain at AT&T. Uh-huh, you need it. Your labor is not in vain at Verizon. Your labor is not in vain at uh, Mansana Hospital. Let me tell you something. Bible say the, the only place that you can guarantee that your work is not in vain, it's in the Lord. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So as you have placed other jobs above the work of God, you get ready for surprises. Haven't you seen the same company says, come with this, that, that, that. You are the, the, last year they gave you the best employee award. Next year they are firing you. The same people say that you are the best employee. One year, you are off. Church, are you hearing me? That is why it is a mistake to place the labor of the Lord above that. Because that labor can be in vain. And if you have been around for a while, you know that, look, some, some of these companies, you can easily be in vain. Yeah. So rather, the labor in the Lord. 
Because when you labor in the Lord, that one is not in vain. And anybody, you see, when, when we talk about labor in the Lord, we are not saying becoming a preacher. No, 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 or become a pastor. That's not what it is. Whatever you find to do in God's, find something to do in God's house. And be steadfast about it. Huh? Yes. Find some labor. Be, because, let me tell you something. On the day that you lie in your grave, you'll be surprised anything you did outside that will not matter. Oh yeah, I'm serious. I mean, I don't think if Bill Gates dies or they will get, get the same honor as Bill Graham Your labor in the Lord. Your labor in the Lord. Church, I'm preaching to us. Your labor in the Lord. That is the one that is not in vain. Even you, as, for, as for your job, even the foreign that said they are giving to you today is up, tomorrow is down, tomorrow someone comes out, the company has crashed. All your foreign care is gone. It will not happen to you in Jesus' name. God will establish you the work of your hands. See, that's why you have to labor in the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Your labor in the... You see, that is why... You see, recently, recently, I told some of you, start cell meeting. Start a weekday service. You see, I prayed about it. I said, start because I know that when you get involved in that, somehow, that work will... By, that, by doing that, God will sustain you supernaturally. That one will not be in vain. And I'm serious about that. I, I gave some of you opportunities to work for God. Because I want you to get labor. That's not in vain. Yeah. That's what, that's what, I, I, I said, I some people, I said, look, do this, do this. All those people, I, my main aim was to give you something to do for God. So that, you, so that that particular work will never be in vain. Hallelujah. Beautiful. God, God knows how to take That's the, that, that was the blessing of Obedidom. He just kept the ark. If you read the story of Obedidom, he just kept the ark. David brought the ark to his house. And he just kept the ark well. He just maintained the ark. And the Bible says, in three months, the blessing that poured upon his house. So when I tell you to do something in your house, I am giving you an opportunity to bring an act to your house and see how God will bless you. Everybody here. Oh yeah, it's a blessing. Hallelujah. As for God, he knows how to take Thank you. Look, that Obedidon blessing, eh? maybe if you, can, if, if you can show it that blessing. Obedidon blessings. The Bible says that and, and the Lord blessed Obedidon and his household. Not only Obedidon Obedidom and what? Obedidom and his what? <laughs> it means that Obedidom's children were blessed. I said it means that Obedidom's children were what? It means Obedidom's children were what? And if you are a parent, you will understand that and you appreciate that. Because I tell you, if God does not touch your child, you are wasting your time. Your money cannot make your child go the right way. 
Yeah. It cannot. And all his household, it means anything, his wife, his children, God bless it. And you have to understand that God is the one who can bless. I'm telling you, that is why when you have an opportunity to labor in the Lord, go at it with full speed. Because by that action, God can save your child. That child of your whole stomach can be corrected. Your health... When it comes to sickness, eh? Sickness. I wish money can cure all sicknesses. But if that was the case, uh, Steve Jobs would still be around. One of the sad sicknesses is that have you noticed that even when you are admitted to the hospital, they don't allow you to bring your own bed? Have you thought about it? No matter the golden bed you have in your house, when you are sick in the hospital, you, you are not allowed, you, you, you come with, with, to lie on the hospital bed. It, sh- it shows you how trivial that your bed, that you adore, have a golden bed, five bathrooms. No, no, you have to come and lie in that small. <laughs> have you thought about it? Yeah. I have never seen any patient who comes to the hospital with his own bed. So God has to keep you. I say God has to keep you. And that's why labor in the Lord never in vain. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's a good place to clap. Find something to do. Soul winning, prayer, witnessing. Don't put anything above God's work. Oh yeah. Otherwise you'll be disappointed. One person who has that real testimony who always says it was Reverend Bailey. That's what he always said. Reverend Bailey. He's working for a big law firm. Scudden. His aim was to become a partner. He killed him. He said, Chalenosh, I killed him. He's my friend, I can talk. Kill himself. Sometimes he used to come to. They will not go to work on Saturday because it's the Jewish firm. But on Sunday, call him, come to work. A pastor. So sometimes he will, he will even run away from church just to go to work. Trying to satisfy them. He goes in the morning, he comes at 2 a.m. Labor. But he got, so, so they did call him. And said, look, Monday, you are out of this place. You don't need to come back. He said he couldn't believe it. I've killed myself for this fame. So from that day, he purposed in his heart that never, never will I kill myself for any human institution. I'm going to work my best, but my love is for God. And as soon as he changed that heart, rather things turn around. The partnership that he was laboring for there, another firm gave it to me freely. Because his heart has changed. Because God knows how to say thank you. I say Jesus knows how to say. I say Jesus knows how to say. Yeah. Hallelujah. Look, in John chapter 4, I believe, John 4, 35 maybe, or 25, 35, let's see, John 4, 35. 
John 4.35, Jesus is speaking. Say not ye that are yet four months and then come at the harvest. Because some of us, oh, Reverend, I will do by later. Reverend, I will do by later. Now I'm busy. Now I have my school. I have my course. I have my wedding coming up. So, Reverend, wait, 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 wait. I understand what you are preaching about. Say not. There are yet four months. And then come and have it. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Steve, you understand? Say, say not. Now, they are ready to harvest. They are ready to harvest. There are souls that need to be won. Outreach that needs to be done. People I need to talk to. A cleaning in the church that I need to do. Equipment I need to fix. Invite people to church. The harvest is ready. Say not. And this is the part I want to say. And he that reapeth receiveth wages. It's not free work. He says, say not. That the harvest, look, the harvest is ready. And he that reapeth is not a payless job. If you think God doesn't pay, you are lying. Tell your neighbor, God pays. He said, and he, he, he that reapeth receiveth wages. The one who has lifted his eyes to see that the harvest is ripe and he's doing something for me, I pay him. God's, God is not looking for pro bono workers. He that receive, he that repeat, receive, God say, I will pay you. And when God say he will pay you, it's not your boss. Your boss say he will pay you, but he can lie. He that he that repeat, Receive it wages. God pays. Tell your neighbor, God pays. Yes. That is why he goes back to First Corinthians. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Because whether you don't do that, they don't pay you in vain. Any work you do that don't pay you is in vain. It's a waste of your time. But God pays. For he that repeat receiveth wages. Yeah. Church, are you hearing me? I'm, I'm just doing a beautiful job, a good job. God pays. How much you God pay me? How much you God pay me? How much you God pay me? I mean, maybe it's a good question to ask. Maybe it's a good question to ask. Any job that you take must know the salary before you take it. How many is a good question? It's a good question. How much God pays? And, and, and that was the question Peter asked. We have left mother and father. Sons, how much will you pay us, God? You say you receive a hundredfold. God pays. I say God pays. He that repeat, receive what? I say, he that repeat, receive what? So it's not a free work. 
And God pay is I'm not saying that the church will pay you. It mean they don't pay me. I'm not saying that Lighthouse Chapel will pay you or Kodesh. It mean they don't pay me. In that sense, kiosk they don't pay me. They don't pay me. And I you, you understand what I'm saying? So that's not the paycheck we are talking about. So I'm not saying come and play the drums and we'll pay you. Rev, I played the drums this week. I was there for three hours. $25 an hour. $75. Veronica Sandra, come and take my time sheet and send it to Reverend. <laughs> no! You're in the wrong place. You are demanding your paycheck from the wrong person. And that paycheck is not enough. God pays. Do you want to know God's paycheck? I said, do you want to know God's wages? Do you want to know? Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Psalm 103, 103. Quickly, my brother. The paycheck. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Verse 2. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Semicolon. Benefits. The paycheck. Forget. No, go back. You see, when you see English language, benefits. Semicolon. It means, now he's going to explain what the benefits are. This is the benefits. This is the benefit package. Like when you go for a job, they say, okay, we're uh, we going to pay you uh, a base salary of $2,000 a week plus a, a, a 10% incentive plus medical trips plus a, a vacation, 401k, you will buy stocks in this company. These are, these are the, the package. So he said, forget not his benefits. Semicolon. Now, this is the benefit package. Number one. Who forgiveth all thy iniquities? God's paycheck. One. Paycheck number one. He forgives your sins. You don't understand the effect of your sin. Your sin is meant to send you to hell. Your sin brings demons. It brings sicknesses. God forgives. Because God will pay sin. Look. I know what you did last week was not right. But because you work for me, sins forgiven. Number two. Who healed all that? Have you seen the paycheck? Who healed what? All thy diseases. God say, listen to me, because of what you do at the back, I'm taking away the cancer. I'm taking away the diabetes. Who healed all thy diseases? If you don't know God's paycheck, this is God's paycheck. Diseases that money cannot buy, God will heal you. Something that money cannot pay, it's my, it's my paycheck. Because of working for my, my vineyard. What? When I say work, I don't say get a microphone. How many people can preach? Plus, can you even preach like me? <laughs> so that's not what we are talking about. Ah, oh, Reverend. Well, you don't know. Give me a chance. I beg you. Come. <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about. Welcome, team. Ashes. So winning, evangelism, do something in the house. And because of that, your diabetes can be cured. Who, this is the paycheck. Number one, your sins are forgiven. 
Number two, diseases are healed. Number three, the paycheck. Who redeemed thy life from destruction? That is why you will not die in that accident. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me see. Yeah. See? Yeah. That, yeah, that. Come, let me prove by you. God Listen to me. You, will you pay someone who has not worked for you before? If you want God to deliver you, do his work, he will destroy. I don't say sometimes. I mean, no, no, you have to be realistic. A person hasn't done anything. Hey, God will deliver you. God will protect you. Bring the oil. You're ready. Listen to me. Don't. Since when did. Have you received a, a check from Verizon before? No. Because you don't work in Verizon. No. Exactly. So do you think Verizon will send you a check? No. Uh-huh. So you have no work for God. You are not among the rupees. Why are you expecting wages? I'm preaching to us. Let's, let's grow up. I said, let's grow up. I have served God. I have gotten a lot of benefits. I don't think Bishop Dabkula paid me. But God paid me. Who redeemed thy life from destruction? It means that you will not sit in that train. The accident will not kill you. Any arm robber because, because God said, this is my worker. This is his page. This week I'm paying you accident free. God is paying somebody accident free for the next six years. Here's your paycheck. Take it. I will pay you. Hallelujah. Who crowned thee with loving kindness? Loving kindness. He will crown you. Oh, I love it. He will crown you with loving kindness. It means that a crown is something that symbolizes your appearance. It gives you your, what, how you look like. See, so because of what he puts on you, somehow people love you. They'll favor you. Just like that. They don't even know why they like you. But they don't know that there's something on your head. I said they don't even know why they like you. But hold on, there's something. God has put something on your head. So they will look and say, it doesn't matter. They love you. They, they just love you. Yeah. A crown you with loving kindness. So you know, you, you, people don't understand. Why do they love this person? Why do you prefer this person? What they don't know is that in the spirit, there's a crown upon your head. Who crowned you with loving kindness? And tender mercies. Mercies that are tender. Mercies that are tender. I love it. Mercies that are tender. Mercies. You see, mercies that are tender. Mercy says no. Mercy means you don't get what you deserve. Mercy says no. Tender mercies. Eh, you came late. Yeah, you didn't do this well. But it doesn't matter. Normally, when people don't do this, we fire them. But in your case, it's okay. Tender mercies. Tender mercies. Tender mercies. Tender mercies are tender. Are you loving the paycheck? Who satisfies thy mouth? What you work? What? That's what, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Who satisfies thy mouth with good things? Who satisfies your mouth with what? He said your mouth with what? What is a good thing? Name one good thing. A new car is a good thing. He satisfies your mouth. Not a car that is jealous. A good car. 
What, what, what is a good thing that you want? A house. It satisfies your mouth with good things. Some of you are good things, Domedo. God will give you a nice Domedo. You eat and be happy. Satisfy your mouth with good things. Who satisfies your mouth with what? A good thing could be a good paycheck. When you see this paycheck, you say, man! Six-figure salary. No more. Somebody receive a six-figure salary. I said receive a six-figure salary. No paychecks that get finished before the next one comes. Good children. He said with good children. Good children. Who satisfy their mouth with good things? A good boss. A boss that likes you. Good things. You don't go. You you don't have to go to. You know it's very painful. You are going to work, but you are so stressed. Eight hours a day. You are in this very stressful environment. I mean, it's not good for your health. But God can satisfy with a good environment. You know that these people are not about to. They are not looking for some bad things about me. Because you see, you cannot live in a stressful environment eight hours a day, five, five days a week. It make, it's not good for your health. He said, may God satisfy you with good things. I said, may he satisfy satisfy you with good things. I prophesied to you, may he satisfy you with good things. Your heart will be at peace. You will satisfy with good things. You will satisfy your mouth with good things. And the last part is what I love. You see, once again, it's English language. The end result of your mouth being satisfied with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. This is what the students understand. Do you get it? Do you handle that? It means of because of God's blessings, you will always look young and fresh. This is no wrinkles. This is eagle. Eagle. Because sometimes stress makes you age too quick. Yeah. I mean, someone the, the, the bills. So your strength is renewed. You, you, you are always youthful. You always have a spring. You have a good look at life. You are springy. I say you are springy. I say you are springy. I say you are springy. It means you, are, you may be 55 years old, but you are going on a honeymoon with your wife in Acapulco. You are springy. Ah! <laughs> I promise That is youth. Because people go on such honeymoons when they are twenties, but you in your sister, you still be going. Receive it. Your your strength is renewed. It's renewed. Renewal of strength. It means you will not suffer from chronic diseases. You will not suffer from older diseases. People will say, "Hey, now they, we, 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 don't you grow? Don't you grow? That everybody say, hey, hey, but you don't you grow because you are always looking young." It's renewed. I say it's renewed. You will be so renewed that when you are working with your daughter, they will think it's your husband. Because there's no difference. That's how long you look. Renewed. Renewed. Look, a lot of a, a, a lot of 
I mean, early death. It comes from stress. Oh, yeah. Stress and worries. Yeah. Yeah. But when God releases your strength, when, 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 when he satisfies your mouth with good things, your strength will be renewed like the eagles. See, not, it's, it's not renewed like the vulture. I don't have time. I'm closing. But see, it, your strength is not renewed like a, it's not renewed like a parrot. It's renewed like the eagle. The strongest of all birds. The one that can rise above every storm. When every bird flies under the storm, the eagle flies above the storm. It means no calamity, no situation can keep you down. You will always fly above the storm. Stand up to your feet and let's close. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Strength is renewed. Oh. So, First Corinthians 15, 58. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Matthew 4, 36. He that repeat, receive wages. Psalm 103, verse 2. Forget not the benefits. And he lists the benefits. Go ahead, brother. Holy Spirit. Take up your cross. No. No. It's good, a good song. But I want people to understand what God is. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I say your labor in the Lord. I say your labor in the Lord. I say your labor in the Lord. That is why if you labor for him, he will take care of you. My lifetime. My lifetime. Thank you. I will give God my lifetime. Sing it for me. My, my lifetime. My lifetime. Oh, be steadfast. I will give I'm God my lifetime. Thank you, Holy if Spirit. My lifetime. I give God my lifetime. Lift up your eyes. The harvest is right. More to do. Your shores out there. I know every head bowed and every eye closed before we leave this place. He said, lift up your eyes. A harvest is plenty. Right! Today you are, you are not born again. You are standing in the harvest. This is the day of salvation. You are here, you are not saved. You don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man? If he gains the whole world and loses his soul. 
This morning, I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. And I respect that nobody should move at this moment because it's very important. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, you are not born again. You see, when I say born again, I'm saying you are not sure whether you go to heaven or hell. You are not sure. You are not sure. For the next minute, with every eye closed and every head bowed, please lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. It's very important. You are not sure. You got to be sure about this, you know. If you are not sure, just lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. You have to be sure about heaven and hell. You have to be 100% sure about this. Father, we thank you this afternoon for salvation. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know what? We hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.